Welcome to the Unwashed Asses, episode 138, recorded for Friday, December 13th, 2019. Yet another Friday the 13th. Thank God I got that episode out of the way. Instead, what we're here to talk about today is going to have to wait. Got a little bit sidetracked this morning in doing research for uh, this episode. Uh, as I was doing said research, I went over to you know Wikipedia, as I usually do for my first stop. You know, nice good cursory and summary of what I'm going to be looking at before I start doing a deeper dive and looking at articles themselves. Um, Wikipedia has its annual fundraiser going, so I go ahead and I do my annual donation, which then leads to me wanting to brag and uh, tout how much better I am than other people that may have not donated to Wikipedia. So I head over to Twitter, you know, type it all in there, like, hey, I made my annual donation, this scientifically makes me a better person, and yada, yada, yada. And then I start uh, getting distracted, like, oh, well, I'm already, you know, in Twitter, let me browse through and, and get caught up and see what I may have missed. And sure enough, we had the um, video game awards uh, that were last night and uh, find out Microsoft has announced their new Xbox, the uh, Xbox Series X console, which is coming sometime in the future. But they also announced and previewed a, a an exclusive game, a headliner, something that's going to try and draw the audience to their particular console over, say, like the, the PlayStation 5 or whatever Nintendo might be having in the hopper. Um, and that was uh, Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. And I just lost my ever-loving mind. Um, because, yes, if you've been a long-time listener, you know that... I got sucked into Hellblade early this year. It was one of those games that uh, got the PS4, was it this year or last year? Either way, I really, I fell hard for this game. Just fell in love with the world it built and the character of Senua herself and her story. And it was just uh, a masterpiece. It was last year. Last year, yeah. Because we went to Germany last year, and I had played it before that. Wow. Anywho, absolutely just fell in love. And the way the story kind of wrapped up, it didn't necessarily set anything up for a sequel. So this is why it completely came out of left field, and I am just ecstatic beyond belief. And I encourage you all to first go play the original game, and you know, second, watch this uh, incredibly beautiful and also terrifying trailer for the second game uh, and it looks like it's going to be an Xbox and PC exclusive because Microsoft's really pushing that um, multiple platform support because you know when you have the largest install base with Windows why not capitalize on that but let us get into what we're really here to talk about and that is swearing profanity cuss words all those things you can't say in polite company and public and at, on the workplace and it seems darn near anywhere there's there's a spot that you just can't say your favorite swear. So spoilers, this one is definitely not going to be for the kitty's ears. Um, so now now's your opportunity to turn it off because the rest is just going to be complete and utter nonsense as I swear profusely. So this this came about because. Um, Last night had had my son over, 
and he was asking why certain words were bad words, like why he can't say them in certain places. Because I have a rule with my son. Um, I personally ascribe to the belief that swear words aren't inherently bad words because of their origin. Um, and that I don't mind if he swears. I don't care if he drops, you know, if he says fuck or cunt or shit or ass. He can say anything. I don't care as long as he's not directing it at somebody and as long as he's not saying it outside of the house in front of other people. Like in the car, I don't care. He can say, you know, what the shit. Um, because I'll be honest, there was a, a time when he was three and um, we were over at someone's house and we were going to leave and I hear this this little three-year-old voice as he's tugging on the front door. Dad, I can't open the fucking door. And I just lost my shit, nearly pissed myself laughing because of how funny this was. He just kept saying it over and over and it was, it was hilarious. I loved it. Um, and I'll never forget the first time he swore. Um, <laughs> we're going down to Wizard World in Chicago. So it's February, or um, it's, you know, takes a few hours to get there. We're driving, and traffic up to this point hadn't been bad until we turn on to um, Lakeshore to get to the uh, McCormick Center. And, of course, as soon as I hit the traffic, I just say, shit. And at this point, my son's two, and I hear this tiny, adorable shit in the back seat, and... Oh, God, it just, it cracks me up. I love hearing little kids swear because it's, they're so sweet and pure and swearing has this stigma and it's just like, they're, they're utilizing adult tools in a form that doesn't necessarily, um, it's just, it's so unexpected and, and, and hilarious to me. But anywho, so he's asking, you know, why he can't say these words and and i know the reason for it is you know something that i had read long ago and i'm going to relate to you here as i keep burying the lead but ultimately again i don't consider swearing a bad thing so he's free to do it which then led to um and putting him down for bed we finished reading his bedtime story and he's like dad did you know that using this finger and he proceeds to flip me off they say at school it's it's um it's a bad finger. Why is that? And so I don't necessarily want to start getting into the details of like, oh, well, the middle finger stands for, you know, go fuck yourself. And the finger itself is a representation of a penis that you can then go fuck yourself with. Um, we're not going to get into that with with a six year old. We're going to just say, oh, hey, you yeah, know, it's just a finger. It means you really don't like somebody, which then he in his his purity. I, I, I love this kid. He just he's got such a a wonderful way of thinking about things. I was like, well, what's a good way to, you know, what's a good finger that you can show to somebody that, you, you know, lets them know that you like them? I'm like, well, you just give them a good thumbs up. So it's not like, he doesn't immediately latch on to like, oh yeah, the middle finger's a bad thing. It's like, well, how do I, you know, what's my other option then to let somebody know that I like them? And I'm like, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't have ever thought of that and I'm super proud of him. Um, but anywho, let's get into swearing. So, uh, Wikipedia is surprisingly lax on this, or, or lacking of information on this topic, except saying that uh, it is primarily derived from um, Germanic language, um, at least in English, rather than Latin in the etymology. So, they're saying here that shit has a Germanic root, as likely does fuck, 
Um, and they don't really give much in history except that uh, word fuck was used in English in 15th century, though usage in earlier times of 13th century was not with abusive intent. The word shit is the oldest of words in use with earlier references found in German and Scandinavia languages. And that just gets into a lot of research here. Um, but because of that, we're, we're going to be primarily referencing other articles that I had turned up here. But um, according to research, I guess before we get into that, let's get into uh, different types of swearing. Well, like we know that, um, you know, it's not always just using swearing in times of anger. It's also in times of, you know, pain relief or... Uh, trying to be empathetic with people or it's not all derogatory you know swearing is uh used in different areas so they break it down into five categories um based on the work of steven pinker who is um a canadian american cognitive psychologist linguist and popular science author he did a couple stories and wrote a book here on uh, swearing in the history of but he breaks it down into five categories with abusive swearing, which is intended to offend, intimidate, or otherwise cause emotional or psychological harm. Cathartic swearing, which is used in response to pain or misfortune. So say you stub your toe, you're like, motherfucker. You just get one real good swear word out there. It makes you feel better. But they do note that excessive swearing in those situations ultimately kind of undoes that effect um, of providing the, the release uh dysphemistic swearing dysphemistic which is used to convey that the speaker thinks negatively of the subject matter or and to make the listener do the same like uh that fucking piece of shit over there it's like i don't care for him and i want you to kind of be on my side or this piece of um fucking garbage as i hold up a kazoo uh, empathetic swearing, which is intended to draw attention to what is considered to be worth paying attention to. Um, so, say you're out drinking with a buddy and you throw an arm over, like, ah, oh, this fucking guy. You know? Or, uh, you know. Actually, that works. I'm not going to do more examples there. Uh, idiomatic swearing, which is used for no particular purpose, but as a sign that the conversation and relationship between the speaker and listener is informal. And this is something that we see probably most commonly, in that a lot of times folks don't swear out in public. They seldom swear in the workplace, especially when a superior is around or strangers. It's usually a sign of bonding or trust when you've reached that point with somebody that you can just openly swear in front of them that you have this trust that they won't judge you harshly for it or look down upon you um now that being said i know several people who just choose not to swear and by all means more power to them you do you i'll do me but the fact that they don't judge me for you know my enjoyment of swearing is something that i i do take a shine to so when i say you know this fucking guy I mean it in the positive way. The uh, the em uh, emphatic swearing that I, I enjoy their company. <laughs> so one thing that they do note here um, is that, uh, again, quoting from Wikipedia here, quote, swearing performs certain psychological functions and uses particular linguistic and neurological mechanisms. 
All these are avenues of research. Um, functionality, similar, functionally similar behavior can be observed in chimpanzees and may contribute to our understanding, notes New York Times author Natalie Angier. Angier also notes that swearing is a widespread but perhaps underappreciated anger management technique and that, quote, men generally curse more than women unless said women are in a sorority and that university provosts swear more than librarians or the staff members of the university daycare center, which would make a little bit more sense here, uh, end quote. Swearing over time may gain roots as a habit with involuntary utterance of obscene words or socially inappropriate and derogatory remarks. This has been referred to as uh, copralalia, which is an occasional characteristic of tic disorder. So when we think of um, when we think of Tourette's, that is the most common symptom that people usually think of is the person who's just constantly uttering out like tits and cunts and fucking assholes. It's not always that tick for that particular. Um, um, I do. Do I want to say disorder for Tourette's in general? There are other ticks out there, um, but that is the most common one. Anywho, uh, getting back to the uh, cathartic swearing, Keele University researcher Stevens, Atkins, and Kingston found that swearing relieves the effects of physical pain. Stevens has said that I would advise people if they hurt themselves to swear. However, the overuse of swear words tends to diminish this effect. Uh, they actually won the IG Nobel Peace Prize in 2010 for this research. Um, one thing that is noted, though, is that um, they have found that swear words themselves are stored in a different part of the brain, um, which I will recommend. I'd recently listened to uh, Stuff You Should Know podcast where they did an episode on amnesia and really break down how the brain stores memories. And it's not all just one big dumping ground, essentially. And that what we see with uh, swearing and the language centers of the brain is that swearing and profanity is actually stored in a more primal um, part of the brain and that folks who are affected with diseases that cause them to lose their speaking ability or language ability are still able to swear, which I think is just delightful and makes sense because I had spent a great deal of time working in a nursing home and sure enough, folks that would otherwise be um, afflicted with an inability to speak or having Alzheimer's and just generally kind of losing things Swearing was not one of those things they would lose and you know, you'd be called a, a piece of shit or a cocksucker on the regular When this person would otherwise be silent. So it's kind of like kids swearing I like hearing old people swear unless they're talking, you know in derogatory terms so when we're gonna be looking down uh, at the breakdown of individual swear words um Mashable has a great article um, written by Christine Wang back in March of 2017 where she breaks down the etymology of our, some of our favorite swear words. So I'd say shit is probably one of the more popular ones and as Wikipedia was telling us, this might be the oldest one. So to quote her here, uh, quote, we have, an old, we have Old English to thank for one of the most commonly used swear words in the United States. Old English words such as sight, which is dung, uh, sight, uh, diarrhea, or city, it's two T's instead of one, 
and Saiten to defecate, all rooted in the Proto-Germanic skit, uh, evolved into Middle English shite, excrement, and shiten uh, to defecate. It then evolved some more to the word we know and love today. According to the OED, the uh, uh, Online Etymology Dictionary, uh, shit has been used to mean, and I'm not used to be, I can't even talk now, has been used to mean, that doesn't, no, it's just a bad sense. According to uh, OED, shit used to mean an obnoxious person since 1508. Uh, the dictionary also has a list of common phrases involving shit in the approximate year they were first used. Here's some what they found in the research. So 1922 is not give a shit. 37 is up shit creek. 42 is shit list. 60s was shit faced. And 89, same shit, different day. Jumping ahead to one of the... I, I think with, with swearing, especially in English, you have the consideration that uh, there are different tiers to um, the severity of a swear where, you know... Swear words like ass and shit kind of fall on the softer side of the spectrum. And even older swear words or swear words we wouldn't consider traditional swear words like crap kind of don't even register on that scale. You have on the flip side words like fuck and cunt usually taking the top tier where people just get uncomfortable when they hear that. Even, I don't know, I never understood the, the whole idea with people getting uh, uncomfortable around swear words. But getting into fuck, the origin of fuck is one of the hardest to trace as it was banned from early written work and dictionaries. Etymologies from various sources all tend to agree that the word probably developed from various Germanic languages. The verb form of the word in German is ficken. In Dutch, folken means to breed or beget. Norwegians have the word fucka, which means to copulate. Swedish also has fucka, which is to strike or to copulate, and fuck, which is penis. Again, getting back to the OED, fuck did not appear in any English language dictionary from 1795 to 1965. The Penguin Dictionary finally made a bold move to include it in 1966, and from there it was added into other dictionaries. Um, I guess let's move on to one more here. Uh, damn is one of the more popular ones as well, but damn has gone through a long line of evolutions. Starting from the Latin words uh, damnum, meaning damage, hurt, harm, loss, injury, a fine, penalty, and the verb damnare, meaning to adjudge guilty, to doom, to condemn, blame, or reject. Again, all from the OED. Old French picked it up as damner, a word with a very similar meaning. It then made its way to Middle English as dampen. In other damn-related information, goddamn was used in the late 14th century, according to OED. It came from the old French word gadon, which was apparently a term of reproach applied to the English by the French. Salty. Additionally, the euphemism dang was first used around 1780. So, it, it all kind of, that's going to link into kind of the pseudo-swear words, I'd, I'd say, where um, as a kid, you're not allowed to swear but you're allowed to say things uh that sound like it but aren't it it's like it's like this weird little loophole like instead of fuck you say frick instead of uh shit you say shoot instead of damn you say dang and uh i guess instead of cunt you say crap <laughs> that doesn't no that one doesn't that don't 
that dog, a dog don't hunt. Um, but, you know, depending on how religious your upbringing was, you weren't necessarily allowed to take the Lord's name in vain. So you can't exclaim out, Jesus Christ, but you can say, Jeezy Creasy, or Cheese and Crackers. It just, it's, it's interesting. Um, which then also is going to tie into... So we have an article from the Huffington Post by Maddie Crum, uh, who had spoken with linguist Benjamin K. Burgeon about the origins of profanity. And the origins all kind of break down to the idea being that there are um, four letters in a swear word. Um, and what we see here is, uh, quote, the, think about most cuss words you know and use. There's damn, there's shit, there's the and they say the F word and the C word, fucking cunt. Many of our expletives are four letter, term, four letter terms, a trend that's so consistent it bears exploration. In his book, Bergen charted English language examples and found that three and five letter words were just as common, but most were a simple consonant heavy syllable, usually one with its consonants piled on the end. Quote, when new profane words are invented, and you can think about acronyms like MILF or THOUGHT, they follow this pattern, Bergen said. And uh, even professional word makers, people who invent swear words for invented languages like Dothraki or Klingon, still follow this pattern. In addition to this brusque effect, they have, when said aloud, most profanities belong to one of four thematic categories, Bergen says. Religious concepts, sex, or sex and or sexual activity, body functions and organs therein involved, and terms from members of other groups, which really are just slurs. So in modern day English, curses are sexual, but in some variations of French, for example, religious curses abound. Religious curses, Bergen points out, were far more common in English centuries ago, with gadzooks, short for God's eyes, and zounds, short for God's wounds, ranking among the oft-used explicitives. Ultimately, though, and why I've been burying the lead is, uh, where did swearing come from? Why is it a thing? Why are some words thought of as bad? Like, why can't you say some things and other things are fine? And a lot of articles did not have this information, and it's something I actually read in a book ages ago. I just don't remember the book. It was one of those little trivia books. Anywho, uh, Anna Ceaseless, Ceaseless, um, anywho, over at dailybreak.com uh, on January 24th, 2018, actually got it right. She pulled it together. And rather than burying the lead, she hits you with it. Quote, For English swear words, it goes all the way back to the Norman conquest of the Saxons during the 11th century. When the Normans invaded what is now the UK, they brought with them their language, which stands for French and is thus considered a Romance language. Meanwhile, the Saxons were talking to each other in a Germanic language. As a result, words with romantic roots were regarded by the upper-class Normans as good words, while words that were meant the same thing, while words that meant the same thing but had Germanic roots were deemed bad. Swear words are really just the remnants of ancient class warfare. For instance, the word fuck comes from the Dutch and Swedish words meaning to breed or engage in sexual intercourse. Both of these languages are Germanic, FYI. Copulate, however, means the same thing, but has a Latin root. Since Latin is a Romance language, the Normans, they let it slide. Fast forward 10 centuries, and these linguistic traditions have managed to stand the test of time. 
You'd never hear a fertility doctor use the word fuck with a patient, but copulate is used routinely in the field. And all because the Normans wanted to keep the Saxons down way back when. So ultimately, swearing is just not swearing. It's talking. It's using words that are not bad, except considered bad by a group of assholes who are trying to keep down another group of people way back when, way back before we even had any uh, skin in the game. But that doesn't mean there aren't words that you can't say on TV. There aren't things that you can't uh, say in quote-unquote polite company. But doesn't mean you should ever feel bad about swearing itself because its roots are ultimately meaningless. So if you want to have a good hearty fuck and say cunts, by all means, you're more than welcome to. But that's going to wrap things up over here. Um, just want to remind you guys that we're trying to get Monster of a Week its own feed, and if you want to help out, head over to patreon.com slash 9 Pitch in a buck a uh, month. That gets you uh, the show three days early, and then if we reach our goal of um, 40 bucks a month, then it's going to get its own feed. But uh, otherwise, yeah, please keep telling folks where they can get the shows, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Until then, blood for the blood god.